what's up everyone welcome to episode 15 of mixed in america today i'm talking about race and politics so yes heavy discussion um i figured you know race is is a tricky topic and a difficult conversation to have and i've been having these all summer so let's let's uh, start talking about politics too let's just make it equally uncomfortable um when we're talking race and politics so let's get into it i want to start by saying i'm not here to try to convince anyone to vote a certain way really not my intention all on this podcast i'm not even really here to talk to you about my politics and tell you what i believe although you'll probably be able to guess which way i vote uh, by the conversation that i'm having and by by what i talk about today and i thought about really actually trying to stay super neutral and not not um share my political views with you guys and not share what i believe which way i'm gonna vote um but i don't think it's gonna happen I think to have this discussion, this conversation for me to talk about it, uh, I'm going to say some stuff that is probably going to upset people, quite honestly, probably upset people on both sides. Um, but you will probably hear which way I'm going to vote and which way I lean. So I'm going to, I decided this, that at the end of this, I'll share what I am doing, like which way I lean, which way I'm probably going to vote in November um, and kind of the way that I've historically voted, to be honest with you. So I'll share that at the end that way, if you don't want to know. So if you want, if you think you can't still like me as a person after you know who I vote for and what I vote for, or if you just don't want to hear it and it's going to upset you and make you mad and you only listen to people that you agree with and you know, you're not going to agree with me, then I'll tell you when I'm about to do that. It'll be at the very end and you can turn off. You can stop listening and give you permission. You don't need to listen to my whole podcast. It'll have been long enough. Hopefully you'll have heard enough that you can stop right there. And it'd be good enough. You don't have to listen to my actual political beliefs. Okay. I'll let you know when that's coming. So the reason why this is so big for me right now, uh, and really it's not about the election coming up, even though there is an election coming up and and I do think you should educate yourself and uh, see as many sides and hear as many different things about that and, uh, and make an informed decision. And I do think you should go ahead and vote. Um, but it's not like, oh, I'm going to try to sneak this in real quick because the election's coming up and I want to persuade you to vote cert- a certain way. Like I said, I'm not actually going to try to persuade you anyway, but the reason why I want to talk about this now is response to something I saw the other day, uh, probably a couple of weeks ago now, uh, but at the Republican National Convention, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch either conventions. doesn't really interest me a whole lot, but I saw the next day after Herschel Walker spoke at the Republican National Convention and I saw him just get ripped. And if you want to disagree with somebody because of their political party, like if, if you're like, okay, he's a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I don't support that, then okay, I get it, right? But the reason that people were so mad is because he was black and he was supporting Republicans and he was supporting Donald Trump specifically, who he said that he had a relationship with, he's known for a long time. So who am I to say what his experiences with Donald Trump has been, right? But him just getting ripped for speaking positively about Donald Trump and speaking at the Republican National Convention in general. In fact, every time they had a black person on stage, uh, Twitter just blew up and social media went crazy and just ripping them and and quite honestly, very racist things. I saw uh, specifically Herschel Walker being called a coon and Uncle Tom, a traitor to his race, a puppet for white supremacy. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is a black man who's not allowed to think for himself, who's not allowed to vote a certain way, who's not allowed to support someone who he considers a friend, right? People say, oh, he looked like he was just reading what he was told. He was probably reading what he wrote down. You ever spoke in front of people 
it can be very nerve wracking and very intimidating and hard to remember everything that you said. So he probably wrote it down. And yeah, he probably read off a teleprompter. But that doesn't mean it wasn't his words. That doesn't mean that's what he believes. And for, for, for someone to say that he must be brainwashed or he must have been told what to do or paid off or whatever it is, like, can a black man not think for himself? Whether you agree with, with Trump or Republicans or whatever, he should be allowed to think for himself. And, and I get it. Twitter, social media, the internet is the worst people, right? It's the worst people saying the worst things. Um, it's bad. So, so it, maybe it's not as bad as, I'm sure it's not as bad and, um, as the remarks and the things that I read about him on social media. I know, I know it's not that bad, right? But, but the black community and, and left-leaning white people as well, they do not allow black people to vote Republican. Honestly, it might be the worst thing you can do as a black person in America right now is vote Republican in their eyes, in the black community's eyes. They will rip you to shreds just for wearing a certain right hat. But, th but this is nothing new. Black people have been, quote unquote, have to vote Democrat for, for a long time, for as long as I can remember, right? Um, it's really not about Trump. Like this isn't about Herschel Walker supporting Donald Trump. This is about black people not being allowed to be Republican. Um, there's a 30 Rock. This is going to be kind of, you guys might not take this seriously enough. I mean, obviously it was a joke. It was a 30 Rock episode. If you ever watch that show, uh, Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin, uh, Tracy Morgan. And there was an episode where Jack, Alec Baldwin's character, convinces Tracy to support Republicans, right? He tells them lower taxes. He tells them, I think, uh, about gun ownership or whatever. And he convinces Tracy to support Republicans. She's like, yeah, all right, let's go. And so he, he, he gets him to do an ad for the Republican party and he's doing this ad and he gets a, he see, he catches out of the corner of his eye, his entourage, grizzin.com. Right. And they're kind of shaking their head, like disappointed in him. And he goes to Jack and he says, I can't do this. I can't try. I can't vocally support the Republican party or it's not going to go well in the black community. Uh, I can't do that. And he said, it really doesn't matter anyways, because they're always going to vote Democrat. It doesn't matter what I say, they will vote Democrat. And so the compromise, what him and Jack decide to do is, instead they make a don't vote campaign. And so he's just telling people, just don't vote. It's not worth your time. So what he's saying is, if he can convince black people not to vote, that's less votes for the Democrats. It may not give the Republicans any votes, but it'll be less votes for the Democrats. All right? It's a funny joke. Ha ha. Uh, made me laugh. I think it's funny. But there's so much truth to that. Really, with a lot of race stuff, as a joke, it's funny. But then you get to the deeper roots or you think about it or you realize that in real life, this is true. And people actually think this way and believe this way. It's sad. And it's upsetting. But I think that's why you have to have comedy because you have to be able to laugh at that kind of stuff because, uh, quite honestly, the world is tough. So it, it it's good to laugh at this kind of stuff every once in a while. But But the truth of that makes me mad. The black community will denounce and openly rip black people just for voting Republican. And I hate it. Democrat or Republican, you should hate it too. Because it's it's not right. And it's even worse when white Democrats do it. Remember Joe Biden, was when he was on that radio show with Charlemagne the God, and he said, if you have trouble deciding between voting for me or Donald Trump, then you ain't black. And kind of laughed it off. People have forgotten about it and moved on, maybe because they like Joe Biden or whatever. But the fact is, he, it wasn't like a slip of the tongue. That's what he believes as an old, rich, white man in America. 
which I, I hate when, when other black people do it, right? But as an old, rich, white politician in America, who is he to tell you that as a black person, you have to vote Democrat? But he's not the only one that th- thinks that. The black community votes Democrat. That's what they do. They say that Republicans are brainwashed and like puppets for white supremacy, right? That was a lot of the stuff that I heard about uh, Walker and the other uh, black speakers at the Republican National Convention. Uh, people like uh, Candace Owens or when Kanye West says something supporting uh, Trump or anything anti-Democrat, then they say he's like a puppet and he's believing these lies from the white Republicans that are telling him. But to be honest with you, I've never met a black Republican that didn't think for themselves, right? If a black person votes Republican, and I'm telling you as a black person who has a black mom who is a black Republican, pretty heavily involved in the Republican Party, Black people, if they're going to vote Republican, right, uh, they've thought about it. They've thought about it a lot because they know what the response is going to be from their black community. And they know that if they do this, especially even voting for them, right, then they might be ashamed to tell people. But if they even go out on a limb and they run for president in the Republican Party, like Ben Carson did, they know that if they uh, attach themselves uh, vocally And outwardly to the Republican Party, they know they're going to get ripped by their own people. Think about that. The black community is going to rip them just for voting a different way. And and it's not it's not a friendly joke. Right. They might they might kind of joke about that. um, But it's it's very real. It's a very real thing to be outed and ostracized of your black community and said you're not black enough. Called an Uncle Tom, called a coon, called a puppet for white supremacy, that you're still serving the masters just because you vote one way or the other. But I will say that I've met plenty of black people, and I know plenty of black people who vote blindly Democrat because they've been told that's what black people do. And they've never thought about it. They just do what they're supposed to do. Not all of them. I'm not going to say all of them do, uh, but I know that it happens. But my question is just in this conversation, again, Democrat, Republican, Independent, don't really care. But why can't black people think for themselves? Why are we not allowed to think for ourselves? Why do we have to blindly vote for one political party? And why, when we do vote for one party, we're saying, we're told that it's because we're brainwashed. We were told like that's what we're supposed to do, right? And maybe there's one or two black Republicans in America who just are doing what they're told. But that, but that doesn't come easy, for a black person to vote Republican. And so I, I truly believe they've all put in their research and thought about it. And for you to say that they um, are just serving the white man is horribly offensive and way off base, to be honest with you. Like there's this issues with black people thinking for themselves. Like we as the black community need to all uh, go one way and do one thing. We're not all the same person. We don't all think the same way. Black people can think for themselves. I'm going to bring up Kanye West. A lot of people are going to start laughing or, or tune out anyways. Um, but I remember a couple years ago, Kanye got ripped. He was wearing a mega hat and a Colin Kaepernick t-shirt and just got ripped. Like, how could you support Donald Trump and Colin Kaepernick? And it sounds crazy, but you can support some things that Trump says and does and support some things that Cap says and does. They may be at opposition with each other, right? They probably don't like each other a lot. But you can support some of what each of them do without supporting all of what they stand for, right? So the fact that 
Kanye West was going to think for himself and he was going to say, I'm going to wear this mega hat because I support Trump and I support what he's doing, the direction he's taking the country. But I still believe that there is a police brutality problem in America. And I applaud Colin Kaepernick for having the guts to do something about it, to stand up. Well, not actually, literally to kneel for what he believes in. And I think it's okay to support both of them. I don't think that's the most ridiculous thing ever. I don't think it's that crazy for Kanye West to think for himself and support some things that, are, that Trump does and support some things that Kaepernick does and doesn't support either one of them fully. I think that's okay. So why do black people vote Democrat anyway? Well, politics is complicated, so I don't think I can answer all of this all at once. I know there's a lot of issues uh, and you can agree with some things and not with others, right? Some people vote strictly on what I'll call morality issues, right? Like gay marriage, abortion, okay? Um, those are, to some people, those are the biggest issues and they'll always vote the way that party uh, supports no matter what, right? If you are against abortion, you will vote Republican no matter what, doesn't matter what they do because that's the most important thing in the world to you. And, th- and those are just the biggest issues. And, and honestly, I can't fault anyone for saying they have one issue that they think is most important over anything else, right? But this is where that, that morality stuff, right? Like abortion, uh, like gay marriage, that's where uh, it gets a little tricky because that's where church and politics get really messy because there's a lot more to a party's platform than just that single issue, right? So again, I'll use abortion as an example. Uh, if you are voting for abortion and for Republicans, regardless, because you don't support abortion, then there's a lot of other things you might not agree with on the party's platform or with a particular candidate, but you think this issue is more important than anything, uh, the sanctity of life. I get it. It can get complicated, um, especially when you consider that Democrats are the, are the, is the party that supports programs that help the poor, right? Uh, welfare food stamps, that sort of thing. Typically, those are supported, funded by the Democratic Party, right? The the Democrats are the ones that are heavily pushing uh, those sort of support programs. So then as a Christian, if you want to help the poor, do you have to vote Democrat? Maybe that's the most important issue to you, no matter what happens, uh, no matter what else is on that party platform. I believe that we need to help the poor, so I'm going to vote Democrat. But what if you want to help the poor with these programs, but you also don't support abortion? then which way do you vote? You see why it's complicated? This is why I hate it when Christians say that you can't be a Christian and vote for whoever, right? I hear Christians that are Democrats say that about Christian Republicans, and I've heard Christian Republicans say that about Christian Democrats, right? I've heard Christian Republicans say, how can you vote Democrat if you're a Christian? And I've heard Christian Democrats say, how can you vote Republican if you're a Christian? Because it's complicated, right? And there's a, there's a lot more I could say on religion and politics, Um, which I believe is an important conversation, but that's not why I'm here today. So I'm not going to spend much more time talking about uh, the church and politics, church and government. Uh, If you know me and you want to have this conversation, or even if you don't and you want to reach out, I will absolutely have this conversation with you. Um, But I'm not going to talk about that now. But I will just say quick that before I I move back back to race is that um, I'm going to caution you to putting too much faith in any certain political party or government system, because no politician is your savior. Regardless of who wins in November, it's not going to make all of our racial problems and every other problem, we got the virus or economy or whatever, it's not going to make them go away. America 
had a problem with racism way before Donald Trump was president, right? Like way, way before, right? Remember slavery? Um, and these recent like racial tensions started under Obama. I'm not blaming him. Don't get mad. What I'm saying is the point is there's no party that has a quick fix for racism. Otherwise, it had been fixed already, right? And this doesn't mean I'm telling you to not vote because I do believe voting is important. Um, but I just don't think any certain party can just make it go away. It's going to take all of us working together and really on a community level. The president really doesn't have that big of an impact. It's going to be us uh, really from grassroots community level going up. Um, you could say something about the example that they set, right? Which clearly um, Trump probably deserves a lot of the criticism he gets. A current president says things um, that probably don't help the situation. But I also thought that our last president had some very unique opportunities to unite our country, specifically regarding race, and he didn't. Uh, I mean, a lot of stuff really started happening like 2014, 15 16-ish, and he was president and had opportunities as not only a black man, but a half black man with a white, raised by his white mom in Kansas, he really had opportunities to say some stuff. And he's a great, he was, he, he is a great speaker. He, I believe he could have said some things that would have gone a long way in uniting us. But really, I feel like he either chose to be silent in some situations or said things that probably were more divisive because they leaned uh he he spoke to his people the 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 black community honestly that and and democrats that wanted to hear a certain thing he said that to them um i'm not gonna go into a lot of detail but i'm just saying uh he he had a unique opportunity because he he as a half black man um the most powerful man in the world had opportunities to say and do stuff and didn't so again, I'm not trying to blame this on Obama. I'm just saying there's no political savior. There's no person that we can elect that's going to automatically fix things right away. And really, everybody's got flaws, right? We all as human have flaws. So I would be surprised when our politicians have flaws too. Not long after the death of George Floyd and the riots uh, afterward in Minneapolis, Sean King, I don't know if you guys know him, have heard of him online on Twitter, generally don't agree with him at all. In fact, Never, ever have I ever agreed with anything he said. Um, not a big fan of his at all. But one time he said something that I thought was actually good. He said that, yes, basically he said that, yes, we should go vote in November because everybody was like, oh, we got to vote because to make this sure this stuff doesn't happen again. We got to vote. We got to vote. And a lot of him, quite honestly, were Democrats saying we got to get the president out of the office because that's going to make the difference. So he said, basically, yes, we need to go vote, but really look at who and what you're voting for because the cities that are on fire at that time were almost exclusively run by Democrats, right? Every major city in America that was having riot issues uh, at that time, from from Minneapolis to Chicago to New York City to LA, um, these are Democrat-controlled cities. And again, not blaming this on the Democrats, but he and I know he's not because I know he's a Democrat and I know that he supports um, Joe Biden and now Kamala Harris, even though he didn't earlier. Whole other thing, but he was just saying he made a good point that. Don't just think that if you vote for one political party, again, Republican or Democrat, don't think that it's going to fix all the problems. It's going to make everything go away because these are still real issues. Okay, so I got a little bit off topic with that a little bit. But back to my original question that I said a couple minutes ago, why do black people vote Democrat? I believe the major reason is because of programs like food stamps and welfare. 
Um, now, hang with me a little bit here. This is going to sound harsh. Um, I, I want to preference by saying that uh, not all black people are poor, but the we know that there's an issue uh, with minorities and poverty, right? We know that uh, typically they're not in the best of neighborhoods, right? You look at the, at the, at the not very good neighborhoods, uh, there's a lot of minorities there. And we know that there's a, a, a real um, economic gap for the most part. Um, so I do think that a big reason why uh, minorities vote Democrat is for these programs and because they support these food stamps. Not necessarily saying that they want free stuff, but they understand the need for these free stuff or they want, um, they believe that this stuff is important, right? So this will seem harsh. Uh, hang with me for a second because it is. Um, but but this, this idea of Democrats um, supporting programs that support minorities and minorities voting for Democrats reminds me of the drug lord, the Brazilian drug lord in Fast and Furious 5. Okay. I know that sounds harsh. Stick with it for a second. I think it makes sense. Um, but he was talking to somebody and he was saying, do you know why they speak Portuguese in Brazil when everybody around them speaks Spanish? And he said that basically the Spaniards came in and tried to conquer, but the Portuguese came in and gave them things. They were friendly. And he said, I was trying to look it up to get the exact quote, the exact clip, couldn't find it um, in the time I was looking for it. But basically he said, um, if they give them things, the people became dependent on them. And when they're dependent, you own them. So he was saying uh, he was this drug lord that basically ran Rio, right? Uh, again, it's a fictional movie. Don't get too mad at me about this. But, but he was saying because he took care of the people, granted with drug money, because he took care of the people, then he owned them because they were dependent on him. And so that's, I can't help but think in my mind, there's a lot of that happening with the Democratic Party. And again, I know this sounds harsh and I know that sounds maybe awfully dramatic, but remember I am black, but I truly believe that the Democratic Party basically owns the minorities and specifically the black community because they've made them dependent on them. I know that's going to make people mad. And I saying that I'm hesitant to even say that because um, it's probably going to make people mad. And I don't like making people mad. But but I just want to speak honestly here. This is what I've observed. This is what I think. Right. Um, I believe the best in people. So I don't want to believe that they do it on purpose just to get votes. Um, and I hope it's because they really believe that it's the right thing to do. That taking care of people is the right thing to do. But it is hard to trust politicians. Right. On either side of the aisle. So it's hard to know, it's really hard to trust that people's motives are pure, but I like to believe the best in people. So I'm not going to go too deep into that thought. Uh, there's a lot there. You can reach out to me if you want to talk more about this. If you disagree with me, I mean, honestly, let me know. I don't know if I'm going to do a lot of commenting back and forth on social media posts about this. If you comment on this post, um, you can, but I'll probably honestly um, try to talk with you either offline or like through private messages or something. Cause I just don't know if, but if you honestly want to know and have a discussion, then absolutely let's talk about this. But I do believe that that happens, that that cycle happens of being dependent on the government and the democratic party. So you vote for them. So they give you more stuff. So you become dependent on them. I believe that cycle can happen and is happening honestly with a lot of people in America right now. 
Okay, so now I'm kind of going in my own political thoughts and ideas. Uh, so I told you I would let you know. Um, if you don't want to hear this, stop listening now. You can stop. I'll look at where I am on here and I'll see, watch if my if my followers, if the listeners drop off uh, after this point. If you do, I'm not mad. I'm not going to judge you. I don't even care. Uh, I get it, right? Some people just don't want to get involved in this, don't want to uh, hear from people that, that they disagree with. Uh, maybe you, you know you're going to disagree with me judging by what I just said. And you want to still be friends with me afterward, or you want to still listen to the rest of this podcast, which by the way, still do listen to the other episodes, even if you don't agree with this one. Uh, that's the beauty of this is it's about conversations. You don't have to agree with everything I say. Um, you're just kind of hearing a different perspective. So if you are curious, or if you know you don't agree with me, and you want to actually hear somebody else's perspective, then keep listening. Okay. Um, I don't vote Democrat for two reasons. One is I can't vote for abortion. I won't do it. Um, cannot, will not, will not vote for killing babies. I believe in the sanctity of life. I believe that's too important. I believe we're all creating God's image. That's all I'm going to say on that. I'm not going to go into that because that's not what this is about. The second reason is I don't believe these welfare programs work. I mean, look at the cities that I mentioned earlier, New York, Chicago, LA, even here in Minneapolis, Democrat controlled cities who have had these welfare programs for decades and they still have a poverty problem. Not ripping Democrats. I'm just pointing out the fact if these programs worked, we'd be in better situations by now. They aren't breaking the cycle of poverty. I think that money would be better used somewhere else. Like how about maybe back in the hands of the people? So you might be thinking, Josh, you're saying you don't care about the poor? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. I probably care more about the poor than you do. Just to be honest with you, and I'm a humble guy, so it's, it's kind of hard to say this right now. But I probably care more than you because this is a big deal to me. Um, I am a giving person and I, man, if I had more money, I'd give more away. I promise you that. Um, someday I will and I'm going to do what I can with what I have now. But someday I promise you um, I'm going to have enough money to help a whole lot more people. But I promise you I care. And like I said, I'm, I'm not even afraid to say I probably care more than you because cause I honestly do. I think I, I, I care more than most people. But I also believe that taking care of the poor is the church's job and not the government's. People use the example of Jesus, which I do as well. Jesus is my example who I try to be like, right? When he fed the poor, he did it as the church, not as a politician. He wasn't a senator or a congressman or a governor. He was a pastor. He was the church on the earth, right? When Jesus was on the earth, he was the example of the church. So taking care of the poor is the church's job. But what that means is we as a church need to do a better job. Maybe the government wouldn't feel the need to do all these programs if the church actually did their job. And I say we the church. I put myself with that. Like I said, I probably care more than most, but I, I find myself being too much like, oh, I don't have that. I don't have as much to give away. I'll give away more when I have more. Well, God's calling all of us to do what we can with what we have. And so I know that I can do more. I believe that we as a church can do a whole lot more. I think a big reason why the government programs exist is because the church doesn't have these programs. The church as a whole, not my church, not your church, the church in America does not do a good enough job doing their job. Also, does voting Democrat really make you a more charitable and caring person? Tell me something. Who's more charitable? Someone who gives their own money, right? Even if it's not that much, or someone who takes a lot of someone else's money and gives that to the poor. 
Does that make you charitable? Does that make you a giving person because you gave someone, someone else's money? Does that make you charitable? I, I do agree that rich people should give money to the poor and should give a lot of money to the poor. But I don't think it's my job to make them do that. I also believe in having a healthy economy that creates jobs. I think that's the best thing for us middle and lower class. Charity is just a one-time thing, but a job is sustainable. I would love it if somebody gave me a large amount of money. In fact, you can. Go for it. I have Venmo. I have Cash App. You can definitely give me money. I'm 100% okay with that. But I know that if I want to sustain an actual life for me and my family, I need a continued source, you know, like a job. Not to mention the fact that a job contributes to society generally, right? If we incentivize not working, then who's going to work to build our communities? We need doctors. We need lawyers. But we also need uh, construction workers and retail employees and fast food workers and uh, policemen and firemen. And we need jobs. We need not just for the economy, but for the community, for us to function as a society. We need to have people working, right? We all need each other to make this thing work. So yeah, if you haven't figured it out right now, I am a black Republican. And even as I say these words, I say them with hesitation. Not because I have reservations about voting that way, but because I know how some people will respond. Am I betraying my race? Which is extra tough because I'm mixed, right? I really don't want to be called an Uncle Tom. I really don't want somebody to to say that I'm betraying my blackness or that I'm not black enough. That's, that's tough. I've heard that all my life. And being a Republican is just another thing that people are going to say to take away my blackness. And to be honest with you, that hurts. And that's hard. So it is tough to say it. It is tough to let you guys know. It's tough to tell people that I am a black Republican. So then another question might be, how can you as a Christian, Josh, vote for a president that seemingly has so many moral flaws. Well, to be honest with you, I'm voting for his policies, not his personality. Um, but just to be honest with you, and again, I say that with a lot of hesitation because um, I know that's not a, a popular thing. I know that I can get ripped for that. And I know some of you might get mad, might not like me, but that's what I think. You might not like it, but I hope we can still be civil about it. I hope that you can still respect the fact that I've made my own decision, that I'm thinking for myself, that I'm a black man that thinks for myself. And we may not agree, but there's no reason we can't get along, right? I still get along with you even if I don't agree with you. I, I, that's, I will never let politics divide me from another human being and get mad about that and, and fight about that. We don't all have to agree on everything. Um, so that's it. That's, that's all I'm going to talk about. Um, I hope that you still listen, even if you don't agree with me. Uh, I, especially, I have some really good stuff coming up that I really want you to listen to. The next two episodes I've already recorded um, really fantastic interviews uh, with people who I believe are making a difference in this world, You know who I believe have um, some great things to say that, that you really want to hear. So even if you're mad at me about this podcast, please take the time to listen next week. It's an awesome conversation that I'm excited to share with you guys. Her name is Shawnee Johnson. Some of you might know her as the wife of former Gopher great wide receiver Ron Johnson. Even more of you probably know her as the mom of nine-year-old Cameron Johnson. If you don't know, Cameron and her friends started selling friendship bracelets to support uh, the community, the Twin Cities, after the death of George Floyd and the riots in Minneapolis. I mean, they've been selling them all around the cities this summer, and most of it's in the South, because that's where the Southern cities, because that's where they live. 
Um, and I was kind of waiting and, and following them and looking all summer for them to come close enough that I could get there on my lunch break. And they finally did. Last week, they were at Sanctuary Church in North Minneapolis. So my wife and I went on my lunch break. We chatted a little bit with Shawnee. And I actually reached out to her on Facebook later and asked if she'd want to be a guest on my podcast. I uh, had no idea. didn't think she would do it, but just figured she was too busy, got enough going on. But she said yes, and she was excited to do it. And she said she'd love to do it. So uh, we recorded that last week and great conversation, wisdom. You'll hear me gushing through the whole thing, like the mic drop moment. She has like five or six of them throughout it. And just, I can't wait to share that with you next week. Bring pen and paper and take notes. I promise you what she says is amazing, is really, really good. I'm not overselling this. What she said is fantastic. So please join me next Monday for episode 16 of Mixing America.